0: Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at CrossoverNorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at CrossoverNorman. Enjoy the message. So around five years old, my oldest son, uh, his name is Revan, a.k.a. Rev Russ. Uh, such a cool name. You're, you're a cool dude if you've got a cool name, right? Uh, and about five years old, we started allowing him to take a little more responsibility in his life, right? Uh, the, the, big, the big one was he was able to take his plate from the kitchen table to the, to the kitchen sink without dropping it. He is known to be the dropper. Uh, about 50% of the time something drops on the floor, okay? So we're still working on that. Uh, the other thing is brushing his own teeth. That's a big one, okay? Uh, we do realize that there's a problem when it only takes him about 12 seconds to brush his teeth, okay? Uh, I do pull out my phone and show him a picture of, of a person with only three teeth in his head. I'm like, do you want to look like this? And he's like, no. And I'm like, well, go brush your teeth, right? And so he goes in there and brushes a little more, um, uh, but one of the biggest things that we started allowing him to do was to pick out his own clothing. All right, um, some of y'all still wonder why your parents let you do that, but um, we started allowing him to pick his own clothing. And and my son, I guess, just thinks backwards. Okay, uh, so when it's uh, when it's a brisk 106 outside, he likes to wear full sweats. All right, and uh, he puts on he puts on the full sweats. He's like, I'm ready to go for bike ride. I'm like, let's go do it. Right? Let's go do it. And about halfway, I mean, he is sweating. Like, he is literally hating life at that point. But, but on the flip side of that, uh, when, it's, when it's 27 degrees outside, for some reason, he'll put on shorts and sandals and then go try to play in snow. And I'm like, dude, listen, like, like as parents, we feel that, that we have a responsibility to tell him what he wears. Hey, dude, when it's hot outside, It's sun's out, guns out. Show them horseshoes, baby, all right? Show them guns. Show them what you got, all right? Uh, And when it's cold outside, listen. Wear your snow boots, your snow pants. Then you can wear your sweatshirts. Like, we might not be able to control the climate out there, but we as parents make sure that our sons are prepared and equipped to be able to face whatever climate they're, they're about to face. That's our job. That's our responsibility to be able to prepare them. And see, that's what I'm feeling about today in this text, is that Paul is looking at the church at Colossae here, and he's like, listen, I've heard great things. I've heard from my my own student that he went and told you about the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you took it, and you're running with it, and you're growing with it, and I love to hear it. But Paul, being the parent of that faith, he's saying, "Listen, but 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 being a responsible parent to you, church, I want to be able to prepare you with some things in order to be able to face the climate out there. Because whatever the world's going to throw at you, I want you to be prepared the best way possible to be able to face it." Now, students, listen. I love college ministry. Right out of seminary, I had probably four or five job offers to be a a youth minister. And I'm like, A, I don't like kids that much, all right? But then college started wrapping up in my head. I'm like, man, listen, but college age is such a pivotal Four or five years because I call it the shake and bake years. Because right now, what you are doing for the next four years is that you are shaking off anything from old. You are shaking off middle school, you're shaking off high school, you are shaking off your parents' faith or you're shaking off the lack of your parents' faith, you're shaking off any pain, any hurts, and you are becoming a new person whether you want to or not. Everything is new in college. You become the person that you are going to be the rest of your life. I think that if we can take Paul's word to the church here, And learn what he is wanting everybody to know. There's one point, there's one thing that he wants everybody to know here How do I please the Lord? Like, how do I please the Lord? That's something that I want to be able to walk with uh, every single day. Is like, how do I know that I'm walking in a a manner worthy of of, of pleasing the Lord? Can we roll with that tonight? Is that good with y'all? Alright, this is how we do this. How do we please the Lord? First, Paul states this in in Colossians chapter 1, if you would turn with me to verse 9. Verse 9, he says, And from the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. For you to get to the spot of even cultivating a life that is pleasing to the Lord, Paul is saying, Listen, like, I haven't ceased to stop praying for you because I want you to have the full knowledge of the will of God. So, what, what, what do we even need to know, first and foremost, is that we need to know the will of God. Now, I think some of us in here, let that soak in for just a second. Paul is saying that we have the ability to know the will of God. Now, how big is that? Think about that right now. I mean, I can, I've, I've talked to hundreds of college students, I have been a college student myself. And how much are we searching for? I just want to know the will of God for my... I want to know what's next, Lord. I want to know my job, right? I want to know what, what I'm supposed to be doing. And some of your seniors are like, you know, I'm supposed to find the major by now. Like, what am I supposed to do, right? Like, no, seniors, listen, if you don't have a major yet, I'm praying for you, amen? Come work for Crossover. All right, let's do it. I know without a shadow of a doubt... So many of you right now are seeking for like, I'm trying to find what the will of God is for my life. I want to maybe change a perspective in your mind. I want to ask you a question. Is, Is What if we've been looking for the will of God our whole life the wrong way? I wonder if many of us in here, we have been looking for the will of God As a destination rather than a journey. And we want everything to be laid out nice and neat and in the platter. And like, yes, this is your job. This is your major. This is your wife. This is your hu- I don't know if God speaks that way. But this is everything for you. And like, like, it's all nice and neat. And it's like, okay, that's where I'm supposed to go. And you, you walk and there you, there you go. Like, everything is nice and neat and pretty laid out. And if there's no questions. There's no concerns. It's like God spoke and I did it. And we're looking at it as a destination, and we just can make it all nice and neat and pretty. My question to you as students, let's think about that. If we knew the will of God, and it was all nice and pretty, and we knew exactly and perfect and complete, we knew exactly what He was trying to tell us, My question to you is, is would that make you closer to Jesus, or would that make you be able to keep Jesus at a distance? I believe this, is that if you see the will of Jesus as a destination, it will bring you to a place where you care more about finding the plan of Jesus more than knowing Jesus. Jesus. How many of us, let's be honest here, you care more about the will of Jesus than actually wanting to know Jesus? See, Paul knows, th- knows this, and this is why it's so important for us to be able to learn how to read the Bible. Uh, one of the books I recommend is Fee and Stewart, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. Now, don't get me wrong, it's a textbook, all right? These guys go to a grave detail to try to teach people how to read the Bible. But this is why it's important for us to learn how to read the Bible because we can look at what Paul is trying to convey here on how to know the will of God in our life. He says this, we are to be filled of knowledge, we're supposed to have spiritual wisdom and understanding. If you want to know the will of your life, you need to know these three things. Understanding is when we know the Word of God. We study it. We memorize it. We understand the Word of God. But then comes knowledge. Knowledge comes from the experiencing the Word of God in our life. We are applying the Word of God. So we understand it. We know it. But then comes wisdom. Wisdom comes when not only knowing the word of God, but also knowing how to use the Word of God and when to use the Word of God and being able to sit back in the groove and let Jesus say, hey, go here, use this, say this, do this. So you can gain understanding and you can gain knowledge, but the only way that you can gain spiritual wisdom is by building up a relationship with Jesus. What does that look like? You make time out of your day, out of your busy life to build a relationship with Jesus. How much time have you spent with Jesus over the last two weeks? Be honest with yourself. Like, like, are you walking with them? Like, I, like I, I love to think about college students who are walking from the dorms all the way across this massive campus and, and, and you are, you're turning off the headphones and you are walking in just nature and you're just walking with Jesus and talking with Jesus. Man, Lord, just thank you for today. Thank you for this school. Lord, Lord, prepare me. Lord, walk with me. And you just, maybe you just, you're not even talking. You're not, you're not even praying. You're not even talking. Maybe you're just walking and say, Lord, just pour into me right now. Lord, Lord, tell me something I need to hear. Maybe show me a person in my mind that I need to talk to. And you're walking with that and you're getting to know him. Maybe you're taking time every morning and you're studying God's word and you're trying to memorize it and you're trying to take notes on it. When's the last time we journaled about Jesus? That's you walking with Jesus and building this relationship. And guess what happens about the will of God is it becomes less about this destination and it becomes more about a day-to-day journey over the course of your life. And every day, it's like every day, Lord, like, like what, what, what do you want me to do today? Like, like. Show me where I need to be. Show me how I need to live. And I think the will of Jesus of your life will become less about the job you have and more about being in tune in the daily presence of Jesus and surrendering yourself to His Word and applying His Word to your life and then sitting back and letting Him navigate where you're going to go and how you're supposed to apply the Word. Just imagine how much pressure that's going to take off of you. Imagine if... If, you don't, if you're not too worried about the next, the next thing in your life, and you're like, you know what? If a job's going to come, a job's co- going to come. You take the job, and you're like, you know what, Jesus? In this groove right now, like I want to live for you. I want your word to cover me. And then you sat back at work, and you say, how are you going to use me, Lord? And, and he shows you your business partner, man. Go talk to him this way. Go say this to them. Hey, that person over there is hurting. Why don't, you, why don't you invite them to your church? Hey, you know what? That person's lonely. Why don't you invite them to your small group? Hey, Brent, shut up because you talk too much. Let them speak to you about their problems. You don't have to cure everything with your words, right? Anybody ever say too much, right? Thank you. For, thank you for your honest people out there. You walk away and like, why did, I, why did I speak too much? And you knew God was saying, hello, like, hush it, right? But why are we supposed to know the will of God? And he states it here. That's in verse 10. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. It says here that we are to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord why fully pleasing him. That's point two, is that we are to know what pleases Jesus. This, this is what the whole text is about, is, is pleasing Jesus. And I want you to understand something here, students. Again, I want you to look at the language here, because it doesn't only say uh, that we can know without a shadow of doubt the will of God for our life. It says that we can also know what pleases God. Like, how big is that? Like, we know what pleases God. We can live a life that pleases God. What is this life that pleases God? And he goes on to say in verse 11 that you may be strengthened with all, oh sorry, verse 10, so you may walk in manner worthy, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in knowledge of God. How do you walk pleasing to God? You have to bear fruit in every good work and growing in knowledge of God. How do you know if you're walking in a way that pleases God? You've got to bear fruit. It just said that we have to grow in the knowledge of God. We just learned that growing in the knowledge of God is applying the word of God to our life. But what does that mean? It says that we are to live in such a way where we bear good fruit in all that we do. Now tell me this. Like, how big is that answer? Like, How do you know how to please God? Well, my life has to bear fruit. Take a self self-reflection here, like, does my life bear the good fruit of Jesus in all that I do? act, say, think everything that I am, do I bear the fruit of Jesus in my life or not? Last year, um my my three year old now but my two year old then uh, Bodhi job. Uh, He saw me outside. Yes, I was planting grass. You're welcome. I'm bringing the grass back, all right? He saw me out out there, and I was grabbing the seed, and I was throwing the grass all over my yard. He's like, Daddy, I want to help. I was like, sure, bro, come on. He comes out there, and I hand him the bag, and he reaches in and just chunks it left-handed. Hopefully, he's a pitcher someday. Makes millions for me, all right, to glorify Jesus with. Let's be honest. In my Ferrari. I can glorify Jesus. But he's throwing seed. And he's like, I like this. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go grab the rake so I can rake it all in. You keep on throwing it. Okay, Dan, right? And I, I walk around, and it takes me a little bit, but I find the rake. It takes me, you know, a little chunk of time. And when I come back, I start no, I, I'm, I'm walking, and I start seeing these piles of, of seed where he, he got tired of throwing the seed. So he just started grabbing clumps of seed and just dropping it about, you know, every three feet or so. And he dropped about four or five piles. And first off, I'm, I'm like, dude, that's like, that's like $75 worth of seed right there, all right? And so I was like, Brent, this is a learning lesson, okay? Like, be patient with your, with your two-year-old. I was like, okay, all right? And I was like, Bodie, now what's gonna happen with this seed Uh when we water it, he goes, it's gonna grow into beautiful grass. And I was like, that's exactly right. Um but what's gonna happen over here in this big dirt area that has no seed, no grassy, no seedy, right? And I was like, that's exactly right. He goes, lots of grass here, no grass here. I was like, that is exact you are a smart two-year-old, the smartest two-year-old I've ever met. He goes, I know I'm a genius, all right. Um and so I was like, okay, I will saw it after that. Uh, and we grabbed the seed, and we we started trying to spread it out the best that we could. And so I start raking, and I look back, and and Bodie uh, got tired again. And instead of throwing the seed or dropping the seed, he starts putting it in his pocket. And I was like, I was like, okay, Brent. Uh, I was like, Bodie, what are you doing? He goes, these are my friends, and I want to put them in my pocket and take them with me. And I was like, okay, Bodie, uh, what happens to this area over here if your friends don't get planted and grow? No grassy. I was like, that's right. Now let's go spread some grass seed. He's like, okay, Dad, won't happen again. Won't happen again. And we throw the grass seed, and, and um, everything was beautiful and great. Um. I say that story to say this. Um, how many of us have gotten to the point like Bodhi and we got tired of throwing the seed in every aspect of our life and we started displacing it maybe in a couple couple piles just in our life and, and instead of spreading it all over our life. And, and maybe, uh, maybe we bear fruit on, on Sundays uh, and, and we bear fruit on Tuesdays and maybe we, we pray to Jesus before every meal and we maybe have one other Thanksgiving dinner with our parents and we might be priesters and uh, maybe only go to church on Sundays and you know, on on different holidays. Maybe we only have like four or five places in our life where we're actually really planting the seed of Jesus and expressing our love of Jesus and our sanctification becoming more like Jesus only in four or five aspects of our life. How many of us have, have quit spreading seed over everything and we started growing accustomed to just dropping these piles of seed in our life? See, Jesus didn't die for just part of your life. Jesus came and died for all of your life. And he wants us all to bear fruit in every aspect of our life. And listen, from the way that we walk, to the way that we talk, to the way that we hold ourselves, to the way that we think, the way that we handle conflict, to the way that we date. What would would people say about your life right now? Like, Yes, that dude is bearing fruit of Jesus. And man, I can tell he is sold out. Or is it more like, well, I see him gone on Sundays, but man, every other day of the week, I, he looks like a, like a lot of us. Or man, yeah, yeah, she, she, I see her praying sometimes, but man, the way that that Friday and Saturday night go, man, like it's hard to see if she really is Sold out for Jesus, or not? Students, maybe some of us are the second wave, like Bodie, um, when he just didn't even throw the seed, but he just put it in his pocket and and he just kept it there. And how many of us right now? I know there's there's a lot of us right now. We don't feel close to God. We don't. Um, we don't even know if we would understand his his word in our life if if he would even yell it at us right now, but we feel so um, downtrodden. We maybe feel depressed. We maybe feel lonely. Uh, we might even feel stagnant in our life, but but our spiritual life has never really grown. Um, and maybe you have taken the first step of your faith of actually trusting Jesus with your life, but, but you haven't grown much since then. And uh, and you're like lord listen like like i don't do the things of the world i don't act like the world i i don't party like the world i don't cuss i don't do this i don't do that and 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 students bearing the fruit of Jesus, listen, it isn't only about what you're not doing, but it's about what you're actively planting in your life, and you need to be planting Jesus wherever you're at. And you've heard me say this a thousand times before, but just because you're not doing anything wrong doesn't mean that you're doing anything right. And just like Bodhi keeping that seed in his pocket rather than planting it, I think as so many of us like, Like how many of us right now, we know we have friends that need Jesus. Have you told them? How are you looking for ways to serve people and you serve people because you have a Jesus in you that wants you to serve people and you want to serve people, but you haven't served people. It's keeping a seed in your pocket. Are you actively telling people, man, you know what? I know you're down right now, but Jesus loves you man he loves you he wants a relationship with you he wants he wants to be your king he wants to bring light into the darkness he wants to carry you where you are broken are we showing people who we are coming into contact with, that there's a different way to live than the way that they are living? Or are we going with the flow? Are we doing the motions? Are we being silent? No, no, no. When you're planting the seed of Jesus, when you're throwing the seed over every aspect of your life, you are promoting Jesus every step of the way. A fruitful life doesn't hoard the seed in their pocket, but it plants the seed in other people's lives so that Jesus someday can water it. You are supposed to be the seed thrower. You're not supposed to be the seed grower. Listen, plant seeds in people's life. Let them know about Jesus. Let them them see you actively pursue Jesus. And listen, that's going to be planting seeds in people's life that Jesus can come by and grow with. Students, if the qualification of a perfect lawn was that it didn't have any weeds, then, then my lawn would definitely be qualified for it to be a beautiful lawn. It has no weeds right now. Thank you, Jesus. But what it doesn't have is healthy grass. It, it's, it's literally just dirt right now. The same way for our life. Jesus doesn't only care about what you don't do in your life. That's not going to please the Lord all the way. What's going to really please the Lord is He wants you to start planting the seeds in everyone else's life. And that is what is going to please the Lord. So we are to bear good fruit, not in just some of the work, but we're supposed to bear fruit in every good work. And that will please the Lord. But how else can we please the Lord? It's in verse 11. It says this, And may you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. We have to know how to endure with Jesus. A great way to and sign that you are walking spiritually is that you are able to endure things with what? With patience and joy. Alright? Norman traffic. Are you able to endure that with patience and joy? Huh? Anyone? I think Norman Traffic exposes how close you are to Jesus. Can I get amen on that? Amen. Man. Woo, it tests me. Right? Now they got construction like every other street. Like, what do we do? Patience and joy. All right? But how do we get to obtain this endurance? It's because it's His glorious might that we get this strength. You know, our ancestors actually... Um, ancestors. That's a great way to say it. The, the, the early church. Is that better? I think ancestors sounds sexier, all right? Our ancestors, yes, we come from them. First century Rome. Um, I spoke a little bit about this last year, but, but we learned about Nero. Nero was a no-go. Uh, he ruled the land of, of Rome and Um, he hated Christians. He hated Christians so much that he actually burnt a lot of Rome and then he blamed it on the Christians just to be able to have something to pin on them so he could start um, really coming at them. And, And this was the guy that was so bad that he would actually pull people out in the streets um, and, and kill them right there in the streets. He would bring Christians to, their home, to his home, and while he was having parties, he would light them up like candles for, for a spectacle. This was the guy that would bring them into the Colosseum um, so that they would be torn apart by lions. This was the guy that would pin them up on the cross on the side of the street just because they proclaimed the name of Jesus. This guy was horrible, but this is what happened. It actually backfired on him. Because the Christians that were, were being persecuted, they did it with what? Patience and joy. And they started seeing that, man, we are demolishing these peoples. And the Roman soldiers started saying, man, but, but, but while we're doing it, while we were taking them out of their homes or while we are, while we are literally ruining their lives, man, these people handled us with such care they had a joy about them, even though that we were leading them to their death. They had such a peace about them. It surpassed everything that I could ever imagine. It was like, how could they have this calmness? When we were about to put them on the cross, it just, they're like, how do they do this? And, and, and. If you even look at Jesus' own life, the centurion who pinned him up on the cross, he was looking at him, and he said, Jesus, on the cross, he didn't, he didn't beg, he didn't do anything. All he says is, God, forgive them, for they know what not what they do. And, and just his prayer and his mannerisms and his love and his graciousness, the centurion said, that has to be the Son of God because of how he suffers. It's so much different than anything else. Like, like I have to believe that he is the one. Students, what do you show when struggle comes your way? Like, like when stress comes or, or hard times come or what could come, like, like how do you handle that? Does, does your life just exude strength and, and peace and, and love and patience and you're sitting back like, like, yes, this was horrible, but man, you know what, Jesus has got this. Like, like, do you hang on to worry? Do you want everybody to know how worried you are? Do you want everybody to know how, how, how hurt you are? Does everybody need to know everything? Or does everybody see that you have an endurance, that you have a peace, that you have a patience in Jesus that is just rooted in, in a strength that you could never be able to fully comprehend? What would it feel like if, you were be, if you'd be able to endure this with this peace and this patience because you get your might through Jesus, let me tell you what would happen. Your suffering would be a true testament that you are a child of a king that holds the universe in his hands. And someone, someone is going to watch you maybe go through a breakup or through failing a class or maybe dropping out of college or maybe a crisis in the family or a loved one. And they're able to say, you know what, you went through such a thing and I saw you walk with strength and I saw you lean on, on this guy named Jesus. And you know what? Like, like, tell me how to do that. Your testimony will be such, uh, it, it'll, it'll be exuded in such a way that people are going to notice it. And they're going to want to know about Jesus. And they're probably going to come to you like, hey, is there a book or something like, that I can walk like that? And like, you bust out the ESV, like 3,000 page study Bible. And you're like, yes, yeah, start with Genesis. Okay, this is the book, right? We got to endure with peace, with patience, and with joy. And that pleases Jesus because it's all about Jesus that gives you the strength to go through that. Lastly, as we close up here, we need to give thanks. Uh, I, don't, I don't need to read the whole text, but it says that giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share the inheritance of of the saints in the light. We have delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His Son. Listen, students, we have to posture ourselves in a place of giving thanks who to the father who has taken us from the depths of hell and into the glorious light of his son students listen i don't know if you have a thankful heart but that's where it needs to start and if you don't have a thankful heart and you're stuck in depression you're stuck in anxiety i beg you tonight to go to your room shut your door and say jesus you know what i want to thank you for something first i want to thank you about ripping me out of the depths of hell and bringing me into the glorious light of heaven and then i want you to think about what did he save you from and I want you to meditate on what did He save you th- from? From not only for a little while, but for all of eternity. Start giving Him thanks for that. I'm telling you, it'll wreck your world because you're like, man, You saved me from that. Like how glorious you are. And then start building upon it. I'm thankful for for the life that You give me. I'm thankful for the friends. And I want you to start preparing your heart to having a give a a, a a giving thanks heart to Jesus. That you are thankful of the of the Master He is and and the Savior that He. Is is and how awesome he is because when you have a thankful heart then you can go into Jesus and have an enduring heart when trials and tribulations come and you can give him praise and then you can walk with him and talk with him and you can know the will of God for your life when you're already in awe of who he is and you are so thankful for who he is give thanks to the Lord and that will please the Lord so Lord so as we wrap up tonight listen if you want to please Jesus, students, you've got to walk in, in the will of God. And I think walking in the will of God is not a destination. I think it's a journey. And I think it's every single day that you're, you are walking with Him and talking with Him and letting the Word of God maneuver you and, and being able to listen to His voice and, and feel the pushes and, and, and maybe the cuts in His life and, and uh, the cutting out of some things in your life where He's able to guide you in this, in this life daily. Some of us, we need to be better fruit bearers and tonight we are tired of of only planting his word in, in parts of our life. And I think we need to start scattering it in all of our lives. And I want to be able to see you come down and say, tonight, Lord, listen, I'm tired of living life my way. And I want to be able to live life your way. And I want to give you all of my life. I want to be able to take the plunge now that I'm able to just just give it up. I know that I don't need it anymore. And I want to start living for you. Some of us need to be able to start planting in all of our lives. Some of us, we need to take the seed out of our pockets and we need to be able to start pouring it into our friends and into our friend groups. Then we need to learn our endurance and how much we need to rely on Jesus. And I think you maybe need to evaluate how am I enduring the trials and tribulations and what comes out of me? Is it, is it love and patience? Or is it look at me and look how hard my life is? Or are we saying look at Jesus and look at what he's done for me. we got to have a thankful heart that people can be able to see Jesus. Amen.